Breaking news. Welcome to Will and Merzane's special TTS report. Welcome in, everyone, to the TTS Season 7 special report. I'm really excited to do this. This is kind of a new thing for us. We, in the past, got together... Merzane and I to kind of go over what the goings on were with our specific matches in TTS, but we're kind of doing something a little different this year, and that is making it a regular thing. So strap in suits, power up, it's going to be awesome. What's up, Merzane? Nothing much. Just really, really excited to do this. Uh, I uh, I really enjoyed it the last couple times we did it. Yeah, and uh, I had a I had a couple people talk to me about how they liked it, and I was like, yeah. I liked it too. I want to do it again. Yeah, exactly. Same here. Got some uh, got some love for the Merzane and Will specials. So here we are at it again. And I know this is the TTS Season 7 Special Report. We're going to get into that. But before we do, Merzane, you had an event recently, and I've got to talk about that because unfortunately, my Memphis boys let me down and they did not go conquer Bama. <laughs> however, however, uh, Matt certainly certainly took them to task. So I guess Chattanooga went, beats Memphis and Bama beats Tennessee. I don't know. Is that how it works? I think it, uh, Andy Murray won. Sorry if he doesn't want his name off down here, but he, uh, I think he's from Atlanta. There you go. Uh, yeah, he won, which, you know, your, your Memphis boys let you down. Well, my, my Birmingham boys let me down too. Yeah. I, w- I was sleeping. I was, I was just TOing. I wasn't playing in the event this time. Uh, and we couldn't hold the fort, unfortunately. But I mean, I, I it was a it was a good turnout. We had sixteen people come, um, a lot of people from a lot of different places, like around. Uh, I think Memphis was the furthest. Oh, nice! And it was a good time. Everyone enjoyed it. We had this. We had a stream for not top table until the last round. Uh, oh, that's cool. I didn't because what what ended up happening at NashCon for a little bit of a spoiler. We had the same we had the same guy on stream like two or three times because he was the top character, so he was constantly getting table one. Ah, uh, I didn't want to do that again, so I I had every single game had a unique set of people on there except for the last one. No, um, that I think that's really a, a great way to do it because it not only gives other people an opportunity to kind of be on stream if they want to be, and then also kind of exposure to different styles across the community. I definitely got to watch. A couple of those. I watched Nate's first match, at least a big part of it, and then I watched uh, Austin and Matt play each other. And uh, man, that Matt, I gotta say, shout out to you, brother, putting on a clinic of how to deal with Black Order. <laughs> yeah, I, I I was I was able to watch a few of those games, just passing back and forth, answering judge questions, and uh, it sounded like there were some really really interesting games on stream uh, that none of them were like really really bad to watch. I, I felt like um, I, Austin had said that it was a little one-sided in that one in particular, <laughs> but uh, that's just how it is with Black Order. I think I think it's either it's very rarely that you get like close games. It's either Black Order kind of rolls you, or you kind of roll Black Order a lot of the time. That's it. And uh, yeah, in that one, he was playing on I think it was Black Order portals, and so like that's one of those worst things. And Austin made like the grand bo mistake. And and I I gotta say Austin's pretty new to Crisis Protocol. He's a he's a good player. He's getting better, but he's still kind of figuring out all the different things. And he had a Black Order Web Warriors roster, and in that instance, 
he should have played Web Warriors, I think. But he was talking to me kind of before the event. He's like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out when I should play what, blah, blah, blah. And I was, you know, so anyways, doesn't matter. But he played Black Order on a D-shaped scenario and just played right in to what you want to do against Black Order on the D-shaped scenario. And that's split up the happy couple and make Thanos yep. irrelevant. And it was um, it was the Spider Portals one, right? No, it was uh, it was Black Order Portals. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Because he played Black Order Portals every day, every game that day. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like D isn't terrible for them, but you have to know how to play it if you're playing Black. Order. Exactly. Which maybe that's one of those things we talk about one day. But anyways, last question, Merzane. How was it being a TO versus a player for a change? Because uh, was this your first time TOing an MCP event? Um. Half yes, half no. I used to TO locally for our uh, War Machine events way back in the day. So when the MCP crowd was getting started, uh, because I had run miniatures events, they would ask me questions. And I was like, I'll help. I don't want to do it because <laughs> I've already right. done all that and I don't want to do it again. Um, and this time I, it, I just kind of like got roped into doing it. And it, it was it was fine. I, I enjoy doing it. Uh, it's a it's a lot of getting to watch everyone else play and have fun and that being your fun. Right. And then also being able to step in and be an arbiter every now and then being the judge. Right. Um, I had a lot less judge calls than I'm used to, uh, especially cause I've also helped run some of the MCP events. I played in them. And then if there's a weird judge call, they'll call me and be like, Hey, what, what, what do, what is this? Right. Uh, but it, it went really smoothly, which was the good thing. Uh, everyone was, doing everything they were supposed to. Everyone kind of knew what they were doing. Uh, no real, like, big judge. There wasn't any, like, game-hinging judge calls, thank goodness, because those are the worst. Well, that's good. Uh, but, yeah, it was just smooth. I enjoyed it. We um, we ran it on Longshanks, and Longshanks worked out real well this time. I've, we've had some issues every now and then in the past, like, mid-game or getting things set up, and it went real smooth. Everyone figured it out really quick. Um we had access to a, a TV for the game timer, so everyone got to see game time all the time, so I didn't have to constantly give out warnings about game time stuff. Everyone could just go, I just pointed to it and said, here's the game time, keep paying attention. Nice. It was really good. Nice. And did you guys run hour and a half rounds? We ran hour and a half rounds, and then it, I would just kind of watch and make sure everyone was getting set up on a timely pace, and I would start timer sometime after they after or during their setup. So I gave them I gotcha. some time to get to table, get set up, and then I would start it. So the people who were like on top of it got a little bit of extra time. And then the people who were kind of lagging behind maybe lost a minute or two. I gotcha. Uh, but it it was less than a minute less than a minute. Less than an hour forty five, but more than a minute thirty. An hour thirty. I keep saying a minute thirty. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha. Okay. Well, that's good then. That sounds like a really good event. I wish I could have been there for it, and uh, maybe maybe next time. Maybe next time. Hopefully next time. Yes. But uh, with that, let's dive in to our official first TTS Season 7 special report. And let's start with you, Merzane. So... If anyone is wondering what Merzane is running, you can go back and listen to our episode a couple episodes. Or wait, no, it's locked in now. It, it is like it's locked in, so you can see it on TTO. Uh, also, we talked about it last week, uh, but I did make one addendum. I did chicken out. I do have to make a confession. Uh oh. You had convinced me to play Hulkbuster, 
So I went to my local game store that night and I played Hulkbuster and realized the reason I took Hulk was because I bring Terrigen Mists and Hulk can't get poisoned. <laughs> so Hulkbuster spent the entire game poisoned and the Ghost Rider, who's also in that list, wasn't poisoned. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's why. That's why. So I swapped back to Hulk. <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. See, I, I went full commit. I just I locked it in. That night, uh, after we talked about it, I was like, this is my roster now. I don't care. And after <laughs> you texted me about your your change you made, I was like, oh, crap. I definitely should have put Terrigen Mist in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like, oh, man. I'm going to – I got I got to be like – I got to be honest. I'm going to have to take the cowards round and just play Hulk because yeah. that's what I – like maybe mid-season maybe mid-season break i can swap it around for hulkbuster but i was definitely like oh god i practiced too much with hulk right so quick reminder of what it is you're playing kind of quick rundown just to to let anybody know just in case this is their first time hearing this i am playing midnight suns uh with lots of cool guys in midnight suns like most of the most of the affiliation not long with uh mystique for some cool mystique tech uh, Hulk and Bullseye as my out of affiliation options. Okay, cool. Yeah, that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're trying to get Hulk in as much as possible. It depends. There's there's times where I want Hulk, and there's times where Hulk wants to sit around, sit on the sideline. But um, if I can get Hulk on the table, I like to like to do it from a player standpoint because he's a blast. Exactly. Yeah. So. Let's talk real quick about your strategy. You said there's times to get Hulk on the table, times to not. What do you see from your list and kind of what you want to try to accomplish as a time to have Hulk on the table? Um, so primarily when I know that there's going to be times where I'm playing against a person who can't deal with them, maybe they don't have the, the displacement to deal with them, they don't have the damage output to deal with them, uh, or if I know that I can sit him comfortably to one side because maybe there's enough points. You know, like on 20 points, I can put him on one side and he's usually okay being there by himself. Right. Um, and then he can just kind of run the table by himself. Uh, there's been several games I've played where Hulk has entered the ring in danger and ended the game as the only bully on the table. <laughs> uh, just because I've, with using the tools in the affiliation, been able to just kind of snipe out key pieces and, uh, whittle them down to where Hulk is the, the big dog on the on the board. That's uh, he awesome. also does my bump and grind middle thing where he he moves or he bumps, moves, grabs middle point and moves back. Oh yeah. That that's that's the staple these days, right? Yeah, it's it's everywhere. I'm not the biggest fan of it, but I mean if I can't beat him, I gotta join him. So uh it's it's an inter it's a really good trick for Midnight Suns and uh, I, I've I've keyed several slots in my list to being able to do it. Yeah. Well, there you go. I mean, it makes sense. Like if it works, it works. And you know, with a strategy like that, it's definitely not like the end of the game. Like just because you go no. down a point at the beginning of the game, you know, it's a long game. So. Yeah, and like it definitely puts me in an early advantage, which one of my one of my goals is to get early advantage and to post early advantage because Midnight Suns really does well when they have the advantage state um and one of their issues early game is getting to advantage state so when i start the game at advantage state it's a lot better for me mm -hmm. yeah but I it doesn't win that. me the game automatically it just it just sets me up for it just sets me up to 
to get the late game wins. Right. So now let's take a look at your opponent's list. I'm not going to say his name because I don't know if people want their names or not out there. So let's just take a look at your opponent's list. And I got to say, shout out to this guy for naming his list Try Hard Criminal Syndicate Cabal. <laughs> Yes, because I totally do the same thing sometimes. Like, like if I'm really going hard, I'm like, yeah, this is my try hard list. So I love it. I love this so much. So have you played this guy before? I have not. Um, but here's the scary thing. Uh, he listens to the podcast. So he listened to our entire last podcast where we talked about our list. And now he's going to listen to this one where we're going to talk about how I plan to beat him potentially. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so here's the thing, though. You know, it's uh, you, you got if you got can't put it out there. If you got to surprise your opponent with your tech, then I mean, are you even good at the game? Yeah, I'm I, I, I'm sort of in By that same way. boat. Where like, By the way, I, I don't feel like anything I do is particularly like surprising or uh, um, crazy. Now, I did teach him in our because I talked about it in our last cast. I talked about that mystique tech where I siege of darkness on mystiques. Uh, activation. Oh yeah, a lot of people still don't know about that, and people are learning about it. He was one of them. He's like, "Thanks for letting me know that." Basically, I'm like, "Yeah, no problem, man." Yeah, yeah, that's a it's a it's a spicy bit of fun, I think personally that you do that. So, so we've looked at his list here, and real quick, I'm going to give a rundown of his list. Right, so it's Tryhard, Criminal Syndicate, and Cabal. He's got Bullseye, Crossbones, Hood, Juggernaut, Kingpin, Toad, Sin. Black Cat, Killmonger, Mr. Sinister. I'm here for that. And then I like the Mr. Sinister. Tactics cards, all according to plan, brace for impact, do you know who I am, climbing gear, illicit tech, med pack, shadow organization, indomitable because that's that card's going to be everywhere, dark rain and usurp the throne. Secure crisis are gamma waves, mayor fisk, and super-powered scoundrels. Extract Crisis, Deadly Legacy Virus, Hammers, and Research Station. And for those of you that don't know, Hammers is Fear Grips the World as Worthy Terrorized Citizens. So, after looking at your opponent's list here, Merzane, what stands out to you? Uh, Criminal Syndicate is scary. And there's a lot of scary Criminal Syndicate tech in this list. Yeah. Uh, Sin's leadership is going to be really annoying if he decides to go the cabal route. Like this is just going to be a list where I, I think he's doing so. It's hard to tell, but he might be doing the criminal syndicate. Like, oh, I brought all my secures or extracts for criminal syndicate, but then I brought the other side for the other faction. So if he gets put on something he doesn't like, well, then he's got the backup that does like the thing he brought. Right. That's uh, what I was thinking too. I don't know which is which, uh, but both are fairly terrifying. Uh, it's going to be very hard for my characters to comfortably sit in place and do the things they want to do because of Criminal Syndicate and because of Sin's leadership. Uh, luckily, against Sin, though, I am playing Midnight Suns, so while he will push me off points for free, I do get to bump in the night back onto those points, potentially. Um, and if I can't bump and get on there immediately, I can... Uh, get closer and then there's characters who have other movement shenanigans they can deal with to get back onto the points and then with stuff like siege of darkness if i move back onto the points i don't necessarily move action economy by not being able to attack twice like he can so mm -hmm. 
I'm not horribly concerned about that. Um, and I think I have enough movement shenanigans, enemy movement shenanigans through some of my characters to uh, move around his guys and potentially kill those guys. Uh, but like Juggernaut probably scares the crap out of me the most here. Why is that? Because he's impossible to kill and he's impossible to move. <laughs> and he has indomitable. Hey, but you have a Hulk. I do have a Hulk. Depending on the point cost, he may get Hulk. Uh, but one and talking about Hulk, one of the nice things is aside from Killmonger, there's not a whole lot of good ways for him to deal with Hulk aside from moving him. I, I don't think Juggernaut can throw him. He might be able to push him. I don't remember his. his so his his throw is a card until yeah. he's on his injured side. So I think the do you know who I am allows him to throw size four. I'll check. It's size three or size four. I can't remember. It is a long. Right. Which is the uh, absolutely terrifying part. So you know yeah, who I am. It is size, size four. Fours. Oof. So he might be able to deal with Hulk a little bit. Um, but the nice thing about Hulk and Midnight Suns is he doesn't care if he gets thrown long because he can move around a lot. Exactly. So when I look at this individual's list, I got to say I like it. Like I think I think it's really interesting. I think the Mr. Sinister in here is so interesting because he's a character that you don't see played very often for understandable reasons, I guess, in, in a competitive sense because I think that the the book on Mr. Sinister kind of was written early, but I think that it was maybe kind of written a little too early where it's like, well, if you can't get that extra character in, then don't even bother. But I think he's a good character in his own right and He's got an interesting suite of superpowers, being able to take those genetic tokens and, you know, the beam, all that stuff, I think is very interesting for him. And it's also interesting that he doesn't have Red Skull in here to kind of get that extra power for Mr. Sinister, but in the yeah. right situation, I don't think he needs it. I, I think he's going for, like, all control, and uh, I don't yeah. think he's as concerned about the genetic tokens. The one reason that Mr. Sinister has been kind of overlooked is he's in the same affiliation as Enchantress, who does a lot of what he wants to do, but better. Right. But she's really squishy. Mr. Sinister is not squishy. Mr. Exactly. Sinister is very tanky and does similar things. So he's definitely trying to be uh, survivable. Indeed. And that's that's the hard thing in this list is I, I like to kill people and I don't know if I'll be able to kill those people. Yeah, I'd say if he if he brings Juggernaut, Mister Sinister, and Kingpin, I think you're going to be having a hard time. <laughs> I will be having a very hard time, and like Crossbones. Ugh. Yeah, uh, I think the nice thing though, um, I don't know about Juggernaut, but I know Kingpin and Crossbones. Yeah, Juggernauts is the same way. I just looked it up. Uh, their their reduced damage things are superpowers, right? That are reactive, and if I do the Mystique Tech. You can't counter that. So so what you're saying uh, is you've got to use it on Mystique's turn and hope you daze them in one shot? <laughs> uh, well, I can do yeah, I can do like Siege of Darkness and, and hit, a, hit him a bunch of times. Uh, also, Mr. Sinister's is the same thing. It is, um, uh, it is also a reactive superpower. So Mystique might be seeing table play against him yeah. just so I can potentially punch through one or two of his big boys without them being able to reduce stuff. And she's just good, like, the rapid fire is so good for oh, yeah. uh, punching through people. Definitely. So when you look at this list, uh, your opponent's list here, you think 
no matter what across the board, if he picks blue, if he picks the secures, you think he's playing criminal syndicate, period, full stop? Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. All, all three of these are very good criminal syndicate uh, uh, secures. Um, I, I could see him maybe going sin on maybe a specific extract, potentially. Like, yeah, no, I, I really don't actually thinking about it. I was thinking maybe if he had like a, there's like alien ships, which neither of us have something like that. He might go for sin to try to knock it off people, but there's literally no reason to, because if he gets it, then he just passes it around. Right. Leadership. So you think no matter what, he's, he's more likely to go criminal syndicate here. I think so. I yeah. think criminal syndicate is the majority of what he's doing. I don't know what the cabal is going to be for. Yeah. I, I think based on what I see here is, you know, I played a list that's similar to this at one point and the kingpin sin crossbones, like core of 10 and you start there and build out from there, I think is really spicy and is a really fun way to kind of play a little bit wider of a CS while also having some really interesting tech pieces. And when you have those four, so especially Sin and Crossbones, you don't have to worry as much about all according to plan because you're able to go wider but also maintain priority through the linked activation that those two have. Yep, and then um, even if you do decide to take all according to plan anyway, it's an extra criminal syndicate body to pay for it, so it's easier to pay for. Mm -hmm. Sin builds bajillions of power. So it's easier to pay for because she's she doesn't really care about all of her power as much. Exactly. Dude, she's so good. Uh, she is very good. <laughs> like like she's she's one of those characters, again, it's like I think super amounts of slept on because her leadership is weird and and it's very um random, right? Like I've again I've I've played a good bit of Sin Cabal at this point. And it's very random and like when you really, really need it to hit and you need someone to be pushed off at a secure or you need someone to be dropping an extract and it just doesn't, you're like, God dang it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he's got Black Cat for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just just have Black Cat run up there and steal it. But I'm really interested to see kind of how this match unfolds. And and I think that there's a really a good, interesting bit of tools in this list to deal with whatever Midnight Suns is going to throw at it. Because I think if I'm this player sitting across from you, seeing your Midnight Suns list. I mean, I'm doing everything I can to put Juggernaut and Hood in there. Personally. Um, I, maybe, yeah. Hood, they're, they're really, the big thing is none of these, none of these individual characters are the big threat, except maybe Killmonger, <clears throat> Killmonger right. the Hulk. But like, all of them are equally annoying to deal with. Uh, and for a brawly list like mine, that's not a great thing to see across the table. Like, I, I have a, I have an idea of what I might need to do. Maybe like mass incinerates and then just try to go to Murder Town. But that might be hard if, uh, given that I can't pick demons downtown anymore. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because how would you feel playing Gamma on this? Because, like, I don't think you would hate that, right? Um. The problem with Gamma is that. If I ever leave a single person on my back point, he can just run like Black Cat or Toad or anyone up to the back point and just score two po score three points for free. So I have to be very passive. I have to stay far back and I have to be 
very, very paranoid about my back point, and I have to get extract control because he will control the middle point most likely because it's so hard to kill everybody and it's so hard to keep them off. And if I have two guys on my back point and two guys on the front point, one guy each can test it. Yeah. So Gamma is not something I'm particularly excited about versus uh, Criminal Syndicate. Yeah. Um, it's not the worst. Um, I think Mayor Fisk is worse because I'll never be able to control one of those points most likely. Yeah. But uh, it's not great. Yeah, I got you. See, it's interesting because I feel like that you you would have enough firepower on Gamma, but you make a good point about like having to keep someone back. So it's like, who do you leave back that can, you know, maybe deal with whatever they need to deal with? Or like you said, you know, avoid the Toad or Black Cat running over scoring three points like that kind of stuff. Like I'm, I'm very much with you on that. I think that's a really interesting take there. But what about the other new secure, the, the newest secure we have? The superpowered scoundrels form Sinister Syndicate. It's a threat 20 F-shaped secure. I personally think it's one of the coolest and most interesting secures. I didn't bring it in my list because I don't think it plays to whatever game plan I'm going for, which we'll talk about a little later. But what do you think about that crisis in your setup? Do you think that that spread and like trying to spread out all the different CS characters benefits you? Or do you think that that's still something that you have to work a little extra hard to control? It's going to depend on what he brings. Um, the cover can hurt me. And it depends on the point value a lot. Um, like typically at higher point values, I like to have Dr. Strange sometimes. Mm-hmm. He's not great in this matchup because, or in that scenario because of the uh, cover. But he's also good because of the cover because he gets so much more power when he's attacked. Right. So it's a little bit of give and take. Uh, I'm not, I don't have a lot of experience on that scenario. So spoiler alert, maybe it's a good one to take me to. <laughs> but um, I think it's I think the, the, the thing, the reality is all of these blues favor him ever so slightly in the, at, at the least. Uh, this one maybe is the least threatening out of his three, though. Yeah. Um, Mayor Fisk, I'll never control a single one, most likely. Gamma Waves, I have to play perfectly or he just randomly wins. And this one, I have a little bit more leeway. And if I can hold the line and if I can hold like, I don't know if we get. What is it? uh, Like spider infected, this and spider infected. There's the potential that I could get the advantage on extracts and he'll hold advantage on um, secures and we'll be equal for a good amount of time or barely barely ahead of each other yeah uh and i could potentially just outlast him depending on what i bring depending on what he brings and if i can do that i think we're in a good spot um but if he is able to take something like uh hammers and get tied up on hammers and keep and just get a creeping lead with the secures on the scoundrels that may be a problem yeah yeah, I could see that. That That's really interesting. I, I, I kind of like the ideas there. And it's one of those crises, like it's brand new. And we've had it spoiled for a little bit, but you know, I don't have a ton of experience with it either, but it's one that intrigues the heck out of me. And I, I think it's going to be pretty exciting to play. And uh, yeah, so Merzane, I mean, do you have any other thoughts on, on this list, this matchup? I'm scared. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know anything about my opponent um, other than he's listening to this a little bit. Uh, but Criminal Syndicate is a very hard matchup for a lot of people. Um, I don't 
unfortunately, I don't have a lot of experience in the criminal syndicate because no one in my meta plays them. Mm. Um, so them and uh, what was the other one? There's another there's another list. Uh, X-Force. I don't have a lot of experience in X-Men, any of the X people. I don't have a whole lot of experience into just because we're no one's playing it around me. So this will be interesting. It's going to be a learning experience. I'm going to have to, I mean, probably just be on top of my game the whole time and make very few mistakes or else my opponent could just randomly kick, kick me out and just for free. <laughs> so I'm a little, I'm very worried. Uh, Cause it, it, this could, this is a very tough round one matchup. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it definitely is. And, you know, CS is one of those things where with the random crisis selection that we have now, CS is in a really interesting spot because you've got one excellent extract for them, which is Research Station, which he has in his list. And then there's a myriad of secures that are good for them. So it's like, man, you know, if you win priority, are you picking blue just to avoid his blues? Or are you going to go ahead and pick extracts to try to play your extract game? It's it's so hard to know. Um, I think I'm more scared of his blues than his reds. I think I can potentially with my reds because I have like demons downtown. Like if we get demons research station, I feel real good. Yeah, uh, to be honest. So, I I'm, I mean, we might I might pick blues just to keep him off those. But I'm also kind of scared of deadly legacy virus. What's so uh, scary about that? Well, he has tools to get easy wins with it he has black cat to steal mine he's got toad to take him off his own guys even if he's playing sin cabal mm -hmm. um, which sin cabal can also randomly make me drop them for no reason and uh kingpin's uh leadership also lets him pass them back and forth which is something people don't think about a lot yep so deadly virus is just pretty good for criminal syndicate and just the list he's got in general and i i'm okay at it i've got a few tools to deal with it but it's not Though it's not my favorite to see. So um if that's the route that we go in his reds, that's probably the one I'm most scared of because I it's the one I have le less of a plan for. Yeah. Um and Fear Grips of the World is where they terrorize citizens is the ideal for me because it's neutral. And yeah. in any time you get a neutral scenario at when you give your opponent the the crisis, it's good for you. Absolutely. Uh, and I may be a little better at hammers um, just because I have a lot more offensive wants and he has a lot more defensive wants. So to, like, if it's something like demon hammers, I'm feeling real good. Cause <laughs> if I can get a couple hammers and just start laying down the hurt, um, I can put a lot more dice out there and a lot more damage out there. Um, and while he can reduce a lot, eventually it starts to crack. Um, so I, that's probably what I would love to get. Um, yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that'd be ideal scenario. And if if that ends up happening, I'm just going to laugh. I'd be like, what's well, just like we talked about all this different strategy, but then this like super perfect scenario happens and it's like, well, uh I still I still have to play the game, but feeling a lot more confident. I well, like when I the the last time I made it to cuts, when I made it to top 4, I can't tell you how much like prep work I went into a lot of the games I played where I was like, yeah, if I get I, I would go through like my worst case scenarios. And then I would get like, oh, this one's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't get that, so I'm not used to this. That's and then awesome. I just play a business as usual game, basically. Yeah. So, the last question I'm going to have for you in this is like, 
do you have a threat value that would be ideal for you? I actually have been going through my point values a little bit, and I, def- I, re- I recognize that I made a mistake. I don't have a lot of practice with uh, voodoo. So there's a few point values I'm actually not – I can't remember them right here off the top of my head, but there's a few point values I know I don't want. I'll know it when I see them, like when I'm looking at my characters. Right. Because um, things get awkward. But uh, let's just say when we get to mid-season break, uh, we're definitely going to be looking to add a four-point character somewhere and try to figure out what to – like how to fit that in because yeah. uh, I definitely made, I definitely made a mistake and I, I just don't know what to do about it yet. I don't want to say too much because it's, it, it could potentially be exploitable. I got um, you. It, it is a hole. It is a hole in my list. I, I definitely made a mistake in it. I got you. Okay. Well th- that's fair. That's one of those, like, I, uh, you know, I said earlier the whole keeping secrets thing, like, you know, look that that's one that I get. And if your opponent recognizes <laughs> the hole, more power to him. I don't mind showing off my strengths. I definitely don't want to show the weaknesses, though. <laughs> yeah, I, see, I'm just going to lay it all on the line here. I'm I'm going going straight for it because twofold. One, I don't really know what my biggest strengths are, and I know my weaknesses are just beat the crap out of my team. And there you go, you win. <laughs> <laughs> your your strength is no one knows how to play convocation. Exactly. So it's it's we're winging it. So I guess it's like guardian vocation. <laughs> <laughs> So, let's now take a look at my opponent while my cat yowls in the background there. And my opponent is bringing, funnily enough, I just talked about this, is Spider-Foes and Criminal Syndicate. (laughs) So, I'm excited for this. I think this is a really interesting matchup. And... I'm going to go ahead and read through what my opponent has, and then we can talk about it. So, my opponent has Bullseye, Captain America Sam Wilson, Carnage, Dr. Octopus, Green Goblin, Juggernaut, Kingpin, Lizard, Mysterio, and Venom. Tactics cards they have are Advanced R&D, All According to Plan, Brace for Impact, Carnage Rules, Do You Know Who I Am, Lethal Protector, Med Pack, Sinister Traps, The Grand Illusion, and surprising absolutely no one with the 10th spot, Well Laid Plans. So then, crisis-wise, Secure Crisis. We have Demons Downtown, Intrusions Open Across the City, Mutant Madman, turns the city center into lethal amusement park. Now, Merzane, do you remember when we talked about my list, what my three secure crises were originally? Um, I believe it was this setup. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And the only thing I changed, the only thing I changed was the mutant madman. I traded it out for the spider portals. Yep. So extract crisis. We have alien ship crashes downtown. Fear grips the world as the worthy terrorize city. So the hammers again, yay. And research station. So again, there is one difference in the extracts. I don't have research station. I have Montessi formula. Yep. So, yeah. In terms of crisis setup, I'm the only one, the only one that I'm not like comfortable on in this matchup 
is research station. And it's just because he's going to play CS and I'm going to have to deal with that. I think in this matchup too, do you remember at NashCon, uh, Justin was playing the Sam Wilson with all the tanky boys? Uh, I don't Uh, remember him playing that, but I, I know what you're talking about. Well, what he did to get, well, one of the ways he was so successful is he was leveraging mutant madmen. And this guy can do a very similar thing. So he's got Carnage with high physical. He's got Doc Ock with four, Green Goblin with four, Juggernaut with four, Kingpin with four, Lizard with four, Venom with four. So he's got all these guys that are pretty hard to kill. With physical and, attacks. Say what? Uh, with physical attacks. We need yeah, to, with physical attacks. We, we need to specify that for <laughs> the convocation reason of it all. True, true, true. Um, but also have really good odds of securing mutant madmen points, which is what Justin did. He was just like, yeah, I'm just disregard attacks, acquire points. And he would just move back and forth and grab him because you're not killing his guys with those people. Like Lizard is still tough to kill for some, but like obviously Carnage is not going to be a, a difficult option for you to murder. Um, hopefully, but hopefully, N- knowing but, uh, knowing my dice math, it's it's going to come down to where, like I talked about before, the one health left, and then he just goes ham. Yep. Well. How consistently can he roll two uh, two blocks on his energy and mystic defense? That's the question. <laughs> on a one die, on a one die roll. <laughs> yeah, look at it this way: Strange Supreme is going to be double tapping into Carnage at every possible opportunity. Oh, and definitely poison him because oh, he yes. does poison, right? Yes. So his deadly daggers of Davaroth is range five, strength six for one power, and I start with three on Strange, and it does a poison. So yeah, that's happening. I- I think there's definitely something to be said about getting an early poison with very little damage and just leaving him there. Yeah, that would be pretty fun. Do you have any... Where's your stun access? Yeah, it doesn't really exist. Oh, no. Yeah, so Ancient One has the poison condition, has can stagger people. Magic, let's see, what can magic do? So let's see, magic can incinerate and bleed people... And then I also brought Journey Through Limbo to definitely incinerate. Clea, if I get super lucky on the rolls, she can stun somebody with a wild and a hit on her spender, but that's not why she's here. Yeah, um, yeah so... Not a lot. Nah, yeah, stun's not really happening, which is definitely the best tool to deal with a carnage, I think. Yeah, poison stun on carnage does not make for a happy carnage. Yeah, and... I think that it's going to be interesting because Carnage is definitely the one that is the best equipped to deal with my team with his outburst of opportunity or physical attack situation, right? Like, like if I can deal with Carnage, then everything else kind of falls into place. But, like, here's, I think, nightmare scenario. So I go into Carnage. He uses Lethal Protector, and then I have to go into Venom. And... With the way that the Deadly Daggers of Davaroth is worded, which it wouldn't matter into either of those, but like if a Lethal Protector is in play, I have to pick my Deadly Daggers as energy. That way, if he doesn't do Lethal Protector, I still get to go against one of Carnage's lower defenses. So definitely got to be thinking about that stuff because it's before choosing a target. I have to yep. choose that. So, you know, that's that's a consideration there. And... I like the tanky boy strategy on Mutant Madman, and 
the thing is, though, with that, you know, he's got all those four physical defenses. You know, he's probably going to be able to to take those points easier than me because most of my physical defenses are fairly low. But I do like my ability to outfight in that scenario because of the access to Mystic and then, you know, Strange and Ancient One. If I bring Ancient One, have the Pierce, which, you know, let me ask you this. This is just a timing thing. So Pierce versus Cover. So the steps are attacker modifies their dice. So you would get any of your rerolls like I have Agamotto. Right. Then it's defender modifies their dice so that you get any rerolls. And then cover takes place here. Yep. And then you would get attacker modifies defender, which would be where Pierce steps in. Yep. And then you would get defender modifies attacker, which is where uh, your Doctor Strange's reverse Pierce would set in. Right. And your uh, magic's reverse Pierce. Yes. So, yeah. Just a, just an interesting uh, bit of fun things <laughs> you, you do get to pierce cover long story short yes long uh, story short i appreciate the breakdown on that because while the superpowered scoundrels thing isn't in this we don't have to worry about that here cover is still a thing and i have access to a good bit of pierces so i wanted to make sure i got that right so i appreciate that oh definitely it, it, it is a common question i have been asked many times uh particularly since this is released uh because it's it it Cover doesn't feel like it should be a defender modifying thing. It feels like its own separate thing because the rules pointed out. But it is. It, should, it works just like every other modification. Exactly. So what do you think about all of this? Like I've, I've kind of said a whole lot. So what do you think yeah. about all this? Uh, I think if you play it correctly, this will be this could potentially be really good for you. You have a lot of displacement. So you can mm -hmm. just like tell them I don't care that you're really big and tanky and that you're playing criminal syndicate. I'm just going to, you know, scalpel of strange you into the stratosphere and, or journey to limbo or, uh, Dr. Voodoo is going to make you not count or Hulk's going to throw you. Like you just have, like we talked about in the last episode, you know, you've got a lot of displacement. I think that's going to be really good for you to leverage. Yeah. I do think you're only like the, the biggest threat to your life is venom and carnage. And that's what Ironbound books is for. Yep. Um, I think if you can do a good Ironbound books turn, I think you're in a good spot. I think that, that that's going to be probably one of your hardest decisions if those two are on the table is figuring out where is the best time to use it. Yeah. Uh, when is mitigating Venom and Carnage not going to work anymore and I have to use Ironbound books? Because um, you probably only get it once. And if you get it again, because if one of your – remember, if one of your guys is KO'd, you'll get it back. Exactly. Uh, if one of your guys is KO'd, you might not be in the best spot anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that. And so when I look at this and I'm thinking like, you know, turn zero decisions, right? Yep. If I win priority, I think I pick red just to avoid research station. Mm -hmm. And and then, you know, whatever comes out of that. I mean, if we get Montessi formula, we get Montessi formula and we play at 17. The, the re like I would imagine he would want to play at 17. I don't know. But... One of the reasons I don't want to deal with Research Station is because it's also 16, which is a threat value I don't love. Right. You know, it's I don't think it's a bad threat value. I think I still have the the tools I need to succeed. Like, like if we get Research Station and Demons, I'm okay with that. And at 16, I can do Voodoo, Clea, because both of them are immune to Incinerate, and Strange Supreme as like a nice little 12-point core or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I can do Ancient One in there, who's 
surprisingly good against physical attacks, especially when you get in close. Or, you know, throw in, like, I don't know. Like, I think Ancient One would be the one I'd have to go with, but I don't feel bad about that. I, I think you could also, instead of Clea in this case, uh, you could do Baron Mordo. You're definitely looking to be more offensive, yeah. I think, in this matchup. And uh, his his ability to, uh, like, help you pump out more damage will be a lot more valuable, I think. I don't think he'll displace you a lot, whereas I think Clea is really handy because she can move your guys back onto points or right. get you extra threat ranges. Um, I, I think that Mordo having a long range and a, and a higher damage output will be really key. And then also spreading status conditions if they're grouped up, right? Because he can move bleed. What is it? It's bleed, so poison, and something else? Yeah, soul barb, he can move hex, incinerate, poison, or slow to other people within range two of an enemy character, right? So if they get clumped up, that's great. The problem is, so I don't have easy access to hex, like Mordo can put hex on if he rolls a wild on a four dice attack which is not out of the realm of possibilities but also not a guarantee and then he can incinerate and poison people with his spender that costs four power which i'm unlikely to do with him because i'd rather be doing his ferocity of sidorak which is buffing my attack dice so then you know you start thinking about how i can get access to these conditions like the magic has the dark child attack or as i like to call it dark clyde <laughs> <laughs> uh, that does the bleed, bleed and incinerate but again like you know it's it's one of those things where while he can do that i don't have the list set up to leverage that does that make sense yeah i'm I'm just more thinking of it for like poison because poison's really good versus criminal syndicate yeah like, even just poison is good if you're playing demons downtown it's really good to get on people he's keeping just out so they don't get incinerated Right. Magic can journey to limbo someone who's activated into the into a group of people, and then you can do it. Oh yeah. So like, there's some cool stuff you can do, but I, I think it's something you should watch for. It's not necessarily something you're playing for. Right. Like, and if if you're threatening the soul barb well enough, um, uh, then like that can potentially force him to not clump or not put multiple people on a point, yeah. and make it easier for you to take. Yeah. So having right. like proper threats for it, I feel like is really good for you. Yeah. And I, so I do, I do like the idea of Mordo in here that the biggest reason why I liked Clea was simply because of her ability to stand on a point, score points, not get incinerated. But yeah, but Mordo, I think with wanting to be, if I'm only running four models, I need to maximize my attacks and output. Yep. Then, so then I need to, I think that's a good idea. And then ancient one's an interesting one for me because with the Winds of Watum superpower that she has, you know, if he gets to that middle point, like let's say he's on the researcher and he can attack the ancient one, well, I can pull him off with the Winds of Watum because it's once this character's targeted by an attack, I can push the target character toward me short for three power. Yep. Keep in mind, you can also push them through you because it ignores the person doing the push. Ah, yes, it does. Yes, it does. It's also something that Web Warriors players sometimes forget. Because there's a lot of push towards, uh, you can push through yourself. Yep, there you go. Yeah, definitely remember that one. It's one of those that's like, I don't do it very often, but man, it's one of those things that can really come in handy. Yep. Yeah, so. I, I think Ancient One's good in this matchup. Like you said, with the Pierce, she's got a lot of good Mystics, which they're not particularly fond of. 
She could move a lot. Uh, she's kind of an assassin. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And and her spender attack it costs four. It's range two, eight dice mystic. The defending character does not add critical results in its defense roll to its total successes and cannot add dice for crits. Oh, and by the way, if it deals damage, they're staggered. Yeah, and it probably staggers. <laughs> or probably does damage. Don't you put that Especially evil on me, Ricky Bobby. My dice don't even. Well, <laughs> I, I think... Another thing you should maybe look at leveraging, especially if you're fearing Venom or Carnage. Like you're talking about specifically, like the Lethal Protector. And then obviously then you'd be scared of the We Are Venom stuff back, right? Right. Uh, this may potentially, if you can fit it, um, I, we'll, we'll go over it in a second. You could potentially try to leverage Astral Ring as a way to assassinate someone that Venom's guarding. Oh. Because sure, he gets the Lethal Protector, but... He can't punch you back. Let, let me go ahead and tell you, I, I love Astral Ring. That is my favorite card in my list because of just what you said. Like, not necessarily Venom specifically. It's not like anti-Venom tech, but it's the, okay, Ancient One's hanging out on a back point. She's going to put the Astral Ring out there. All of a sudden now, she's within range two of all your shit and just messing you up. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I, I, just, I love Astral Ring. I think it is one of the most versatile cards that Convocation has. Like I use it a lot for Voodoo because it's a way to keep Voodoo safe while also still being able to put those possessions out there from, you know, basically range six away. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. nasty. It's real good. It's nasty. It's real good if you leverage it correctly. It's definitely one that you have to know to pl- how to play with. Oh, absolutely. Like I've definitely been in a situation where I played it at the wrong time and there and it made it to where I was too far out of position with Voodoo. It was Voodoo who I used it on to end up getting him back into the fight to to make him matter later on in the game because I used it when he was right. too far out. And and that's exactly it. It's it you've got to leverage it just right, but I think uh, if you want to talk about tactics cards wise, I, I think we look at Astral Rings, Ironbound Books, Plane of Poldock, Bar with No Doors, and if I take Magic, Journey Through Limbo, if Magic's not in my list, Orb of Agamotto for the teleport. Well, I'm, I'm looking at his list, and especially for like Carnage, he's got a lot of throws. I think you're want. I think you're wanting the brace, the brace field dressing. Yeah. Um, Unless you feel as if you can gun him down really quickly, but that's not very likely. Yeah, I don't uh, think it's likely. Tanky boys. He's got Doc Ock, Goblin. I think Goblin does collision. I don't remember. If he does. On his break. injured side, he'll do the, uh, and the uh, the tricks and traps he does. Yeah. So I think you can brace those. You can brace those. Juggernaut has a throw. Kingpin has a throw. Lizard has a throw. Venom has a throw. Yeah. So you got lots of things that are going to throw stuff at you. So... We may look to be a little bit more defensive here. Um, I would honestly maybe advise Bracefield Dressing Indomitable Ironbound as your start and see when you when you get an idea of what you're playing, look at what your fifth is. Uh, it could be Journey Through Limbo if you're wanting to run. Yeah. Or, Man, Astral that'd be Ring is good. So weird like- <laughs> to not... like The way I've been playing this list so much, it's like I've, I've got like... Astral Ring, Ironbound Book, and playing a pole dock locked in no matter what. <laughs> and it's just so oh, yeah. funny to to see, like, to, to hear. And you're right. Like, I don't, I, I'm not saying I don't think you're right. Like, I think you are 100% right. But it's it's just funny to see kind of, like, that perspective on it. Because I do think field dressing, while I feel confident in my ability to, to, to fight, even though, again, I'm 
it's dice dependent, you know, dice are going <laughs> to dice, but like, I feel confident in that, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, having the ability to feel dress a strange or something like that, that goes down kind of unexpectedly, I think will be really important. Well, like an ancient one that's in position. So he focuses them and then all of a sudden, well, now I, I pick them up because, you know, strange was close by and strange picks her up and she immediately goes to town or I, 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 this is where I wish we had like strange one because strange one can feel dressing and heal somebody. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can potentially do something like field dressing and sorcerer Supreme can do the spender and potentially get heals off. Um, and then like you could potentially have magic journey to limbo her away or Clea move her back. Like there's a lot of ways you can like help save someone who is either was in a bad position set up and gets killed. Yeah. You can either let them do their thing anyway and then die anyway. It doesn't matter. Or if uh, someone was in a good position and then it's a bad position that died, do you have ways to evacuate them? Scalpel can pull them back out. Yep. Yeah. That's, and that's the thing. Like if I have to activate strange and I've got enough power on him to field dress and teleport away, like I'm here for it. Yeah. I think, I definitely think that the, the two things you need to look at character building is being able to displace and being able to do like your heavy amounts of damage. Yeah. Like this may be a Hulk game. Well, that's, that's what I was thinking is like given an 18. So 18 is where I want Hulk. I know this is probably giving away more information than I need to, but I don't care because it is what it is. Like 18 and above is where I really like Hulk 17. I feel like I can put him in, but I won't feel as good about it. Yeah, I think 18 and higher is where he'll be really cool. And if if you can somehow con him into being in a low point game, which, what's the lowest? This game can even run The low. lowest this one can go is 16. 16, yeah, that's not that low. It's not. I don't I don't think you want him there. I don't. That's, the, that's the thing. You could do uh, Voodoo, Mordo, uh, Voodoo, Mordo, Magic, and then Hulk. <laughs> it sounds so wild. <laughs> And that's a, that's a good amount of offense. I don't know if I I don't know if I advise it too heavily, but that lets you get like that lets you get the four we talked about, and then journey. Uh, and because by I, the way, that would be that'd be seventeen voodoo magic. Oh, and sorry, you said Mordo. Never mind. Yeah, voodoo magic Mordo. Yep. Yeah, that's ten. That's ten convocation, then sixteen. For, yep. Yeah, and then that's a really good option for your four, and then. Uh, I would say probably journey so that you can, uh, you get a pseudo scalpel of strange. Oh yeah. And then you can do the thing we talked about where you get like a, a really cool journey and then soul barb and then, uh, potentially start doing like Hulk claps. Yeah. Yeah. Journey through limbo have to be during her activation. So journey through limbo is during magic's activation. Oh no. Unlucky. Well, so it's still good. It's still valuable because you can journey through Limbo for three power. She's got to get three power first, which if she's not kind of in there doing the thing, she has a hard time getting that, but not as bad. So you can journey through Limbo on her turn at the beginning of her turn for three power right into the thick of things. And then you can start blasting with your soul sword and then gain enough power to Limbo step out. Yep. No, I think that's good. Uh, like, I don't hate that. <laughs> like, I think magic is actually a really interesting one in this in this matchup. Like, obviously, I'd have to avoid a venom clap back 
but Soul Sword with a Wild Pierce five dice Mystic is really good. Well, even just blasting bolts of Oshter at him from range four mm-hmm. is a good way to build power outside of his range. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, he can lethal protector himself. He can lethal protector himself. Yes. What? So this is this also applies to Heroes for Hire. The character that is so Venom or the two Heroes for Hire are characters that are allied and within range three of the character. So they are legal targets for those two. Wow, yeah, that's def. I've never seen that, so I'm glad you told me. That's so weird. Yeah. I've never been like, yeah, I'm going to lethal protector Venom here. He's going to protect himself. Yeah, I mean, I've I've seen it done so that they he can like he'll be shot at range four, and he'll lethal protector himself forward so he gets within range three. Wow. Yeah. No, I've I've never seen that. So I'm glad that you told me about that. So, sans that potential like nonsense happening, she's she's got the range four energy that. A single builder, like a single, I don't think people don't call it builders. I don't remember what people call them, but the ones where it only gives you one. Yeah. Those are solid because if you don't do damage, you still get it. And that's potentially better for you in some ways because then you're not giving venom power. Exactly. Um, she is within pool range. So uh, it's potentially a uh, bolts, bolts at range four and then limbo step uh, one back. Yeah. So you, you profit, but uh, yeah, I, I like her. Mordo, I like if you can fit Strange in there. I think Mordo, I think Magic Strange is really good because on your Iron Bound turn, yeah, all of his physical attacks are going to be subject to their uh, reverse pierces. Yes, which is so good. Yes, it's I love it obnoxious. so much. I love it so much. Like it's one of those things where you know it's it's dice dependent, like anything, I guess. But like when it hits, when you're like, oh yeah, by the way, this wild and that wild that you roll don't count. <laughs> And he only has like three characters that can ignore that. He's got Doc Ock with a Spender Energy, which, whatever. Like, it's okay. Uh, Green Goblin can make his Builder and his Spender Energy, so he's the big threat. Well, so that's the fun thing. Like, into Magic, it's only against Mystic Attacks. However, into Strange, it's Energy or Mystic Attacks get the Mystic Armor. Yep, exactly. Which is why he's not as scared of it. Magic's a little more scared of it. Yeah, But it's a... Doc Ock, Green Goblin, and Kingpin can ignore it because he's got the cane laser. Yeah. But in two or three of these, you're it's not the ideal attack. Like cane like the cane laser's okay and arm lasers are pretty good, but you probably just want to be attacking and throwing in stuff with Doc Ock if you brought him. Yeah. Kingpin does not want to be using cane laser if you can. No. Green Goblin is a problem though, and he is probably your biggest he's probably your first like kill in a lot of the if he's not playing yeah, uh, he's playing Spos. Like I think you want to get him dead fast. Yeah, I think definitely Alpha striking on Green Goblin or or Doc Ock, one or the other. I think, mm-hmm. um, because I want to. If depending on the extract setup, I mean, like if it's the alien ship or if it's hammers, I want to get the well laid plans off the table. Oh yeah, true. Because you don't want them to steal your crap. Yeah, like I I want to get that done stat, and so. I think that those two are are really critical targets for me, but that's provided that you don't have a Carnage or Venom on the table. Because I do think ultimately, Carnage or Venom on the table, that's that is priority number one. Yep. Because that to me, there there's a lot of of things that can happen in the game. There's a lot of different things that are that are going to play out. 
but if if those two are able to leverage their abilities and if carnage is able to get enough power for a carnage rules you know those kind of things that really hurts my team kind of you know and i i think let, let me ask you this if if carnage don't and I, I, we spent a lot of time talking about carnage and like Carnage is one of those <laughs> models that has a big impact on the game when he does, but if you deal with him right, his impact is mitigated. Yep. You know what I mean? And like, he, he's a character that I think has some some weaknesses that can be exploited, especially in this matchup. So I'm assuming that my opponent might not bring him because of that, right? Like, I, I, I maybe. Mm-hmm. But if I'm able to get rid of Carnage at range five with Strange from you know away from all of my team you know what i mean like like it's at range five well then when carnage comes back he's got to move then he can carnage rules and do some stuff but he'll be healthy so i don't have to worry about him healing everything back up but if i can survive that clap back on the second turn especially if he has priority but i'm already at that range distance that he has a hard time getting to well i feel good about that and then you you could even do something like Move into range two of him, baleful bolts him twice, and then scalpel of strange him away. And that's <laughs> also very useful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's the thing. Being able to scalpel him away is another bit of tech, if you will, that I'm I'm not upset about. And you know, it's one of those things where with strange, if I can get myself into range two, baleful bolts with the wild pierce. So even if he does roll defense, you know, we're we're taking that away, gaining some power and then send him flying, you know, is definitely reasonable. And it's one of those things, if you're at range two, Carnage, range two from Carnage, and then I scalpel him away range three, that's more than range four. So being able to use that to my advantage, I think is really strong as well. Because, and the reason why range four is important is because of Carnage rules. It is, uh, uh, range two is three inches. Range three is six inches. Mm -hmm. So he will be, uh, Wow, I'm just totally blank. You'll be he'll be nine inches plus his base size away from you. Exactly, which is about an inch and a half. So a little bit over range five, I think. If uh, my math isn't terrible. Yeah. Well, and the biggest thing is I just want him out of range four. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's gonna be he's gonna be quite far away. Exactly. Uh, it is it is a surprisingly large distance. Yeah. Uh, I I think that's something you should. I think scalpel. If you get if you're playing Supreme will be one of your big your best tools because you're going to be able to like throw people that are have activated off points and you can't indomitable. He doesn't have indomitable. So that's good. Yeah. Well, um, and indomitable doesn't work for places. Right. Exactly. That's what I was. This is you have a lot of ways to deal with uh, indomitable just built in and he doesn't even have it. So you're going to be able to get a lot of free real estate on that. Yeah, I think so, too. And but like. I'm not confident going into this matchup. I want to go ahead and say, like, like I say, when I say I'm confident in in a given crisis setup, like that doesn't mean that I'm confident going into the matchup. Like I look at this list and I realize, like, spider foes are designed to kill, and CS is designed to tank. So, like, I don't feel good, but I do feel like I have the tools to succeed, and I feel like, you know, if if we are, we're both clearly playing for a fight. Like that's that's clearly what we're both playing for in terms of like crisis setup and stuff like that. Wouldn't you agree, Merzane? I I think so. So 
his fight is designed around the fact that the majority of attacks in this game are physical attacks. That's what his fight's designed around. And luckily, my fight is designed around picking and choosing the worst defense of my opponent. So, you know, I think ideally we play at 18 or higher and we we just we get a Hulk on the table and then okay you focus down on Hulk while the rest of my team focuses down on you. Yeah, or or even conversely, you don't even give him Hulk. You 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 hold Hulk back and you use him defensively until like obviously he's going to have characters that are either tanky or are going to be doing a lot of damage. There's not a lot of these characters that are going to do both. Right. When you get some of those assassins off the table like Carnage Venom Maybe Green Goblin, uh, maybe you know Bullseye. Not Bullseye, sorry. Captain <laughs> <laughs> uh, America, because Captain America can put a surprising amount of damage to multiple people if you're not careful. Yeah. Uh, then you bring up the Hulk. Um, you could scalpel him in. You could, you know, just have him leap in with his gamma leap, and then he can be extremely difficult to deal with for a lot of these characters, especially if like juggernauts already used his, uh, his card throw. Cause his, uh, his natural throw on his injured side is only size three. Right. So he can't throw you. He has to strike you to push you off the point, which right. is fine by you. Cause yeah. that means he's having to roll dice into Hulk. Um, the, uh, him, Mysterio and Venom are really like the three best ways to deal with Hulk, like just displacing him. Mm hmm. And if you can get any of these off the table and the assassins and stuff, like Hulk can start running the table. Yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting, so the last thing I want to talk about here in terms of the matchup is Juggernaut. Because I think Juggernaut is uniquely equipped to deal with Convocation, having a five mystic defense, the nice punch, all of that, right? Like I think that he's probably the one, like, like if I'm my opponent and I see my list, I don't care what the point value is. Juggernaut is in there. Yeah, I, I think that's true. Like, no matter what. So I do think I'm going to have to deal with a Juggernaut. And for that, I think it's more of a control game versus anything else. Yeah, also good to note that you can't uh, you can't advance him or push him with any of your superpowers. So like, uh, Ancient One can't push him right. with Winds of Platoon. But, just like with Indomitable we talked about, uh, you can yeet him with something like Doctor Strange. Oh yeah. He can he can be placed by a scalpel of Strange range three away, and then, you know, Juggernaut wants to move every turn. He wants to get that move so that he can get that extra dice and get that extra power. But forcing him to move and then nothing stops the juggernaut to to get into place is generally uh beneficial i think yeah yeah i think he'll be one of your like biggest puzzles you know how to deal with carnage and venom and stuff yeah i think he's gonna be a bit because he's so flexible and just a monster <laughs> it'll be he'll be kind of tough to deal with i think but i think he will be like the hardest thing once you get through like your normal stuff yeah, he will continue to be like the biggest head scratcher. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's a hundred percent true because he's a character again. He's so dice dependent because like if you roll that eight dice and you just whiff that attack, it's such a feels bad. 
Yep. You know, but you're rolling eight dice. Like the likelihood of you being able to hit that attack is pretty strong. And it's one of those things where I feel like dealing with him is going to be a journey through limbo style deal with. You know, it's it's gonna be mm-hmm. scalpel of strange, journey through limbo, take his defenses down a little bit. Like if I can get his energy defense, get him incinerated, get his energy defense down to two and start blasting the deadly daggers into him, especially boosted by Mordo, like I feel like I'm 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 a, at least I have a chance. Yeah. And if you can like again, if you can poison him, it makes his he gets three power three power a turn when he moves. Total from the beginning of the turn and then the two that he gets for moving. Right. If you make it if you make it two because you poisoned him, he's a lot more upset. Exactly. And then if I can somehow get him on his injured side then, then I really feel okay about it because his mystic is so weak. His mystic's down to two. You can incinerate him down to one. Yeah, and I think that's uh, I think that's a, a really easy way to kill Juggernaut. Yeah, but it's getting him there that uh, oh, okay. <laughs> that's going to be proving difficult. And ultimately, I think I choose. I think I choose extracts if I win priority. If my opponent wins priority. I'm actually okay with that because then I get to choose his threat value and I'd rather be able to choose threat value. Yeah. So, like, making my opponent choose secures if I win priority means that the lowest threat we play at is 17, potentially, and yet all of his are 19, 19, 18 on secures. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. Yeah, I, I'm actually very confident in your matchup. I think that you're, I, I'm more confident in your matchup than I am for mine. Man, you, you're more confident than I am because like, while I feel <laughs> like I do, like I know how to play convocation at this point and I know the level of control that I need to leverage, you know, and, and one of the things we haven't really talked about today is voodoo and how being able to, okay, if he plays CS, like let's, let's say nightmare scenario happens and we're in researcher, right? Which I don't think is actually that bad uh, overall. Yeah because of the level of control I can provide. But being able to use Voodoo to possess someone that he was counting on scoring points is, I think, going to be really strong for me. Yes. And, you know, at the point when I do that, keeping Voodoo safe is also, you know, something that I can do very easily, I think. And one of the things that I've been learning about kind of with Voodoo and you know he's a he's a later activation character, but you don't necessarily have to hold him for last activation unless there's a really critical point situation. But if I hold him back for a later activation, and then I'm able to put the possession onto someone that he's already activated, is really nice, and and that's the way you want to do it. So that way they can't come after Voodoo typically. But yeah. I've also seen that you can possess someone before they activate. And it's not something I like to do often, but then it really messes with your opponent in terms of, well, what am I going to do with this character now? <laughs> it, it really does play a little bit of a mind game. It's not something that I'm going to do often, I don't think, but it's I really like kind of that little bit of a, a mind messy thing. Yeah, and like, especially in the CS, right? Because they, they want everyone healthy. If you can focus one guy down, and then possess the other guy that's still healthy. That makes the, the the influence that he has over the game like swing super hard. Exactly. If he has like lizard and juggernaut like chilling in the middle point, because you know just to make sure you don't get it, 
if you kill like I don't know if you kill Juggernaut and then you hit the hit the possess on Lizard, well then all of a sudden what he's got to bring like Bullseye up and Bullseye is going to be easy to kill. Or then he has to threaten you with Juggernaut or not Juggernaut with Kingpin or something. Kingpin's not great. Mysterio isn't great for it. So he starts giving you people that are a lot easier or a lot more like um, a lot more beneficial for you to kill than, you know, just the big boys. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Indeed. And, and I'm, you know, Mysterio is another interesting uh, conundrum, but I don't feel terrible about it. You know, just, uh, I think, I think Mysterio and your characters will do very little to each other. Most of the time. Exactly. I think, I think you got to watch out because I, I had a matchup where I played against someone with a, um, wow, what is it? Uh, Midnight Suns. I have more Mystic attacks than I realize because every time I attack Mysterio, I'm just like, wow, I just don't even get the option to pay two. I just, I just, <laughs> you just do have it. to do it. Yeah. <laughs> the big thing would be to watch out for his traps and his Grand Illusion. Those exactly. turns are going to be killer for you. Yeah, and Grand Illusion is one that I haven't played a ton against. Like I've had it in a list uh, before, but didn't actually use it. And it's it costs him a lot of power, but he generally has it, and he gets to use. I, I you wouldn't get to add criticals, right? And that how it goes. So yeah, until yeah, the I end of the cleanup phase, when an enemy character makes an attack, defense, or dodge roll while within three of Mysterio, it does not add dice to the roll for critical results, and Mysterio changes all of its critical results to failure results. Yep. So. Is the Grand Illusion, like, if he's on his injured side, he's sitting there with a bank of power, you run Mysterio, or maybe he's not on his injured side, but he's got, like, one health left. You run Mysterio up there, and boom, it's all of a sudden, like, a weird bitter rivals. Like, even when he's dazed, does this stay in effect? Uh, I would assume so, if it's worded like bitter rivals. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, because it says, while within three of Mysterio, it does not gain, and Mysterio changes. But if Mysterio's dazed, how can he change the dice? Ooh, that's true. Mm, that's a good rules for him. question. If if I was to like look at it, I mean, the, like, the first part's worded like bitter rivals. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like maybe the first part still counts, but if he's dazed, then things don't get changed to skulls. Yeah, this is a question for the rules forum. So yeah, we will find that out. But anyways, Merzane, I'm really excited for this match. I think it's gonna be really fun because CS is one that's like. I feel okay playing against, right? Like, I've had a lot of reps against CS, so I feel okay against CS. Spider-Foes, I'm a little less confident in just because of the the defense manipulation. And let me ask you this. So the Spider-Foe defense thing, so it's with Strange and my, my defense roll. So if I roll my defense dice against an attack and then... I would have to do my Eye of Agamotto before Spider-Foes tells me to modify my dice? Uh, yes. Okay. And then my inverse pierce happens after they've already told me to modify my dice. Uh, yes. But those won't re interact very much because you once your inverse pierce is, is a, when they're attacking you. Right. And yeah. they're... Oh, that's right. <laughs> I was just, I'm just over here like, what is happening? No, 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 it would. It would, Sorry, yeah, I'm, it would happen, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like, completely different. I was like, wait, what? 
I'm thinking your Pierce. Yeah. So, so yes, he could. Um, you would roll Eye of Agamotto, then he would. Uh, he would ask you to change one of your die to reroll one of your dice, and then you could reverse Pierce. Right. Got it. Yeah. If I roll one wild, he's gonna be like reroll that wild. <laughs> yeah. Get that wild out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, man. Well, I I'm excited for this matchup. I I think, like I said. Anything less, anything less than eighteen, I think we've uh, we know kind of what I might play. You know, if there's eighteen and higher, I have a Hulk. Period. We have a Hulk. That's it. So the Wizards brought a Hulk with them. <laughs> I just love the idea that like we couldn't figure out who to take on this interdimensional mission, so we just brought Banner because if he gets angry, we win. Exactly. That's it, dude. This has been fun. The special report. Yeah. I like it and. For those of you listening, you're wondering, well, this is week one of the TTS League. You should be talking about your match. Well, we haven't had it yet. Yeah. So next week, get ready for a jam-packed discussion on our matches and also our next matches. So it'll be a review preview special edition. Yeah. Or if if we've already played our matches by then for some by then for some reason, then it'll be a double review. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be wild. Strap in. You get at least six of these special report episodes. At least six. So, oh no, they're gonna get at least seven because you're gonna at least you are gonna get into the cuts, and then we're gonna have to talk about your cut games. Right, right. Yes, I'm. You know, I'm. I'm confident. I'm gonna do it this time. I'm doing it. Yes, try hard combo Hulk. Strap in. <laughs> <laughs> the try hard complication. So, Merzane, where can people find you? So I help run these leagues. So anywhere on the Discord, you can find me at Merzane. Um, I'm in a bunch of Discords. If you have any questions about the league, feel free to ask me. Uh, I'm also part of a podcast called Advanced R&D, where we build lists and do stupid stuff. And then also part of the new Gamers Guild podcast, where uh, right now we're going through a bunch of different affiliations and discussing them. And... uh, we're soon going to be talking about kind of semi-competitive stuff. We're sort of focusing on, oh, you, you're you you're past the new player stage. You're looking at competitive, or we're going to help you break in there. Unlo- we're not talking about like top tier competitive stuff. We're just talking about get like the basics a lot of the time. Yeah, no, it's good. Cool. Well, yeah, dude, I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, we need a secret code word for this week's episode. Uh, as try hard, it's definitely try hard, right? <laughs> definitely try hard yeah i definitely agree with that so if you're not aware we are doing a giveaway and you can go to our facebook page it's the pinned post on there and you can send us a message on facebook or email or on discord at hpp underscore will on kind of the main discords there uh, you can find me there send me a message over there and uh, it's try hard is going to be our secret code word for this episode so check that out. That will give us a ton of bonus episodes for when we make our draw for next week. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm excited to, to like all the, the bonus words and everything and like just how many entries we're going to have. It's going to be wonderful. And I'm really excited. We're giving away all of the new mutant characters that released. So be on the lookout for that. It's, uh, it's a hefty haul, if I say so myself, after picking it up from the store the other day. And I'm excited to provide that to the community and if you're interested in supporting what we do here, we do have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol. You can check that out, and it's a dollar a month, uh, 12 bucks a year. So 
support the show, help uh, help pay for the giveaways a little bit, help pay for our hosting for the podcast, and ultimately just, uh, you know, it, it's amazing. Like, I, I cannot express enough to all of the suits out there listening to all the suits that are patrons. You know, it's humbling every time, and we've had some new ones join us lately, and I'm so glad that y'all have decided to come over, and I, I just... It means the world to me, and and I cannot express with words how amazing it is. So I really appreciate that, and we'll keep doing what we do, and hopefully all the suits out there will keep enjoying it. And if you have an opportunity, leave a review on your podcast platform of choice, and it would really help other people looking for Crisis Protocol content to find their way over here. And, you know, these episodes, these special reports are probably a little bit more you know, in the weeds, but uh, I think we do a good job of uh, trying to keep it as friendly as possible and and as casual as possible while talking about more competitive things. And uh, yeah, with that, party on, Merzane. Party on, Will. And power down suits.